Boys, how are you doing all right? Good, mate. Looking good, forward to it. Good to see people here. By the way, there's a rumour that the fans have, have got a bit of needle with each other tonight. Is that true? Well, Sai, can I, I wanted to say, I think the last one was really, no, from my point of view, from everybody else's point of view, I thought it was brilliant. Faddy talking a lot of shite. <laughs> They're all great. They're all using all brown. But I actually would like to see the night. So a lot of the fans sort of interacting and gaining a wee bit to each other. But we kind of have the uh, Motherwell fan and the Hearts fan getting off each other again. That kind of happens, no. boys, all right? Just need to stop. We can't hear any of that tonight. Um, right, we're here. Uh, Open Goal Fans Forum brought to you by Glenn's Vodka, SPFL Manager of the Month Award. Tonight we're joined by a live audience as well as some social media fan influencers from various clubs in the Scottish Premiership who will have their chance to ask questions and challenge, challenge our panel tonight on current issues happening at their club. That was good, that one. You've done well, mate. Fair play. Well, do you know who the manager of the month is for January? Drumroll, please. Go and keep drumroll on your belly, please. <laughs> come on, big man. <laughs> good, come on, louder. Hello. <laughs> Robbie Nielsen! Got a gamble! Got a gamble clap. He hates him, didn't he? Oh! He hates him. Well deserved. Uh, by the way, well deserved. Well, how well deserved? No, well, I'm just about to get that. Well deserved as in for Hartsey performance, but the controversial um, moment of it, Sai, is that I think Ange and Bill did have a better record than Robbie Nielsen's that, So they both won five out of six, Ange and Bill. Aye, uh, I think we were four out of six, but if you're, if you're giving it the person with the best record, it's going to be Celtic or Rangers every month. So I think when you factor in two derbies in there, 5-0 against Aberdeen, four wins out of six, the two draws being Livy and St Murn away, two tough fixtures. I think it was deserved. But I'm He's up that. Robbie Nielsen's arse, isn't he? Sick yet. I'm going to say He's that. up Robbie I'm Nielsen's arse. I'm interested to know what you've got to say about it though. Kev, what do you think? Well uh, deserved? Uh, no. <laughs> Ex-Jambo as well? I know, but uh, he's done well, but he didn't do five out of six. He only done four out of six. Mm, good point, aye. But do you not agree it would be Rangers and Serra every month then if you're going best record? Aye, well, that's, that's what happens if you're the best. You get the best every month. No. But <laughs> it's because you beat Hibs. So, so if, so if, <laughs> who's, who's, if Dundee United win four out of six and Rangers win five out of six, then the Dundee United manager doesn't deserve manager of the month. This is oh, good. I like it. This is that. good. What do you think? No, no, oh, no, no. Did I pass on to them? Are you going to give them a bit back or what? No, I think, I think, I'm, I'm a great believer in you reward success all the time. We're too, we're too hell bent on, oh, we can't get to them two again. We'll get to somebody else. Ah, you can get to them two again because they're the best. Well, as a Livy fan here, Dave, we interviewed Davy Martindale a couple of weeks ago and he thought he should have had it for January. How was Lovey's record? Ah, he definitely deserved it in January. We went unbeaten for the month. Success is different at different clubs. So Good. the old firm, you need to win every game. But for us, we've got the lowest budget in the league and we went unbeaten for a month. Well, By the way, can I just say, point, your manager is an absolute hero. We yeah. went in a, it's well, incredible how, how a tight ship he runs at Livingston. You wouldn't believe how professional it is. The detail he goes into in terms of his preparations is incredible. And as you, we're going to go into Livingston, but as you said, they're the budget fucking... They shouldn't really be doing what they're doing based on the budget. No. I think even for the... I think interviewing them was generally one of my favourite interviews we've done because the insight he goes through, the way they scout players. Let's face it, they bring players from nowhere. People you've never heard of, the background. You look at Joe Newby. Joe Newby's, what, mid-20s? He's probably about 30 clubs. Mm -hmm. And he's came up and been main man. Some of the, some of the signings he's made. And I think he's... I think he's now starting to get more recognition, but I think he's been the most underrated manager in Scotland for the last two, three years. Our Hearts fan, Robbie Nielsen's manager of the month, the last time we'd done this, he was calling for Robbie Nielsen's Wait, head. Is this true? You want him sacked? I've been no. looking forward to seeing you. I, I, was, I, I wasn't calling for his head. I just think the second tenure, it's been constantly talking about trying to close that gap on the top two. Either do it or don't come out and say that. If it's not feasible, then... Like, every fan wants to hear about ambition from their club. Of course they do. 
But if it's not feasible, then just stop spouting that. Mm -hmm. But do you know, I think uh, the recent recruitment, that they're, they're getting better and better in terms of recruitment-wise, that that gap can get closer. That's, that's years away, Si. You know, we're needing European group stage football year upon year, albeit we're lucky in that Aberdeen are in transition, Hibs are in transition, and we're probably really able to maximise that at the minute. I think the manager saying that though he's not necessarily saying we're going to finish second this year I think he's talking about that as the long term plans of the club and you're right you don't do that unless you don't get last year being the, the highest ever financial turnover for Hearts you don't do that unless it's consistent you're getting European football every year group Foundation stage every year I don't think there's anything wrong with coming out and saying that is it unfeasible just now yeah it is there's no doubt about that Celtic Rangers get 10 times and more plus wage budget but if you don't have that type of ambition as a club, then what's what are you, are you just happy to be third every year, just staying where you are, or dropping down to fourth, getting European football? I don't think there's anything wrong with coming out and saying it. It's because I think it, that is Levine the aim long term. Whoever else beforehand, given, that, given that we were a mess prior to Robbie coming back and whatever's happened's happened. But this season on Hearts, the amount of suspensions and injuries, especially injuries yeah, they've had at the beginning of the season, and no saying this in a negative way, but Rangers had a ha, have not been weren't performing too well before. Obviously, Beal came in. Could Hearts had they had a better start to the season? Could they have been closer to Rangers? So that argument that Robbie's saying, it could, it's all ifs, buts, coulda, woulda, yeah. shouldas. But potentially on another time it could have been because maybe a difference, say three, four wins. I know Rangers went up to Tyne Castle and <coughs> probably finally that Rangers one of best performances. Yeah. Had it been the other way around, add on three, four wins, it could have been closer. And could you sit there as a Hearts fan thinking, do you know what? The manager's quite right. We are going to get close. In, in fairness to Robbie, I mean, that was the first time we've been in a European group stage since 2004-05. So maybe it's just a lack of preparation having not had that for two decades. <laughs> and then we've started to see the repercussions with Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. I don't know if you'd be able to explain that in greater depth. I, I think it's something that's probably not spoke about enough in terms of Hearts injuries. It's like, a crucial injury to Liam Boyce, a crucial injury to Benny, a double leg break to Craig Gordon, a crucial injury to Craig Calgary. There's no hamstring strains. It's nothing to do with playing Thursday, Saturday. Th it's bad luck injuries. It's injuries that are keeping you up for nine months. So it's nothing in terms of being a, a long-term schedule. Our podcast for the day is not going to yeah, be yeah. it. We were talking about it today. Professional football players can play three games in a week. Your job as a manager is to try and strengthen and recruit well enough that if you do have these one or two bad injuries where players are missing for two weeks, you've got a replacement coming in that's like for like. But like I said, oh, injuries been nine months, like six months, yeah. nine months, leg breaks. It's, I've never seen anything like your injury list this year. I know Rangers as well, especially centre-half positions, some of the injuries they've had to deal with. But Hearts is like, you could have put a starting 11, a very strong starting 11, by the way, that's been in our physio room for a number of months. And a hair transplant kept you for three months as well. I died, and then it's, something's happened since then, so I've had two concussions. I think they've put a layer of skull off me or something. <laughs> it's good to know that's where my foundation money is going for. Thanks for that, Andy. Do you, do you want to keep Robbie Nielsen there for the long term? It's a great question, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great question. That's yeah, a great you, question. You caught me off I can't believe you're even, I can't believe you're even thinking about well, this. It, it is. I just, I just want to see, like... I don't know, year on year, I just, yeah, it's, it's solid enough. I just want us to... Do you, know what, do you know what, though, that if he does leave, you will end up in an Aberdeen situation? Of course. course. I'm looking at you, son. What, what age managers. are you? I'm 24. Right, so you obviously don't know some of the shit that Hearts have actually went through. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? My Setting up on so, the stage. Some like, <laughs> you're one of these new fans that kind of think, oh God, Robert Whelan's won like 75% of his games, it's not good enough. Like, seriously. I don't know why he's coming for your through. accent, by the way. There was a wee, I think he was trying to do your accent there. I was about to order. But my point being, like, 
obviously got a lot of good connections at Hearts in the past. And I'm always not watching that, that Derby winner anymore, Kev. I know, but the point is, is that every time Robbie Nielsen has, say, two bad results, and they two bad results might be two draws, Hearts, I'm going by you, and only the way you've been the night already, <laughs> you're one of those select few that get him out. Don't it's, want them. It's bipolar behaviour, but I've just accepted It is that. bipolar. It is. See, see the fans, but is, is majority of fans behind Nielsen? Aye. 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 Yeah. Aye. But would you also say the style, and, style of play has improved as well under Robbie Nielsen, no? Because that championship that, season, like people well, said it, wasn't it? Maybe that's one point against the old firm where it's like, like the, take the most recent Rangers game, for example. Two wingers at centre mid. I'm all for going, you know, hammer and tong, but two wingers in centre mid? Is that when we've got the likes of Andy, George Grant, Keo on the bench. Uh, but Andy play, Andy's for the Angels, so he couldn't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's always worried that you sell. So I guess I'm my contract. I'm not <laughs> against Rangers. So. Uh, what's your question for the panel? Uh, it was to ask Andy, because obviously Tynecastle's a toxic place to play when it's not going well, as Kev's alluded to. But there must be a feel-good factor where some of the boys that have come from down south are taken aback a bit by hearts. Is that something that's evident that Robbie's brought back, or has that been... I hope this is taken the right way, generally, because last year I spoke about you know, the, Hearts, the, the Hearts crowd, the way they turned up home and away, but there's 100% been a difference in atmosphere this year. I don't know if the Gorgialtas that have came in recently is a big part of that, because it only really takes, you usually know at football stadiums, only takes a small band, or one section to start singing, to just generate an atmosphere and people to follow suit. So for me, I think the atmosphere this year, at Tynecastle specifically, has been unbelievable. I think the away crowd's always been amazing. Turned up 4,000 again at Hamilton, 3,500 Dundee United. The numbers have always been incredible, but for me, the difference in atmosphere has been. You know, I think a lot of big games, you know, obviously Hibs, the Derbies, the, the Aberdeen game. Uh, and I'd, I'd honestly, if I put in my top five atmospheres since I've been at the club, I think four of them have been this year. So I, I'll also say on the flip side, I went to watch you play at Dundee United uh, two weeks ago, and the fans were booing at half time. Because they were one 0 doing it home, and I, I was completely baffled by bipolar it. behavior side. It's crazy, man, and, and you could see how much it affects the players. I think it was Kyle Rose, who I think is a right good player, but very good. You could kind of tell that he was wary of the crowd. And but is that a good thing, though? I don't think so. Do you? But is that, is that not a crowd demand this. thing? I mean, everybody mouths off about how Hearts are a big club. That's acting like a big club, is it not? Hearts not really. mouth off about Hearts being a big club. Oh, go on, go on, big man. Would there is only one set of fans that call Hearts a big club. <laughs> I'm struggling to hear you for down in sixth, to be fair. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> you're here. Ah, look for sure. Ah, bloody man. Is that why you asked me to bring a black jacket just in case I need to bounce? You don't want to bounce, didn't you? <laughs> right, brilliant. That was a good reception on Hearts. Paul, what want to know? On to Rangers, Div, the main man. I thought he was outstanding the last time. He was good. He was good. He was excellent. But the last time I'm sure I could be rang here that Van Bronckers was still in charge. Ah, he was. Are right. you buzzing, Div, that he's at the door now? I, it looks like the tides have changed, um, to be honest. And I want to ask you guys, what is the main thing you think that Bill has changed? Because we're now kind of getting the best out of guys like Ryan Kent. I think the last one, I'm sitting here going, just let him go, kind of thing, because he, he wasn't kicking his own ass, but now he's flying. So, sorry, what has he changed? Do you think, sorry, do you, do you think Kent will, Bill will keep Kent? Do you think he'll stay? It's a hard one, isn't it? Because when he's performing like that, surely there's some interest for like, a Premier League club or whatever, and they can obviously pay him mm-hmm. probably more money. If he's playing like the way he is, brother, then you just never know. Leeds wanted him, didn't they, before, so... <laughs> Have you not seen him play recently, mate? <laughs> yeah, Steve. 
god, we're going to have a fight in here, aren't we? <laughs> Kev, you've got your Rangers subscription. I've uh, got my Rangers TV. TV mate, what, what difference have you seen under Bill? I think it's um, under Geo. Um, I would see that sometimes they were quite robotic. Everybody played in their position. Whereas now, when Michael Beale comes in, the likes of Ryan Kent there, he would say he's floating about all over the midfield, no stuck out in the left on the touchline, hogging it, and no getting joy. If he's no getting the ball, he's starting to come in. I think now they've got a more settled back four in terms of having Ben Davis as a left left footed centre half. You've got Barisic, you've got Goldson, you've got Tav. For me, the balance is a bit better, and you're not having to bring because for a while the Rangers were changing their centre halves all the time, trying to get a good partnership and. Glenn Kamara's come back in, who was a big part of Stephen Gerrard's reign when he was here. Old, wasn't he? Aye. So he obviously, Beale's come in and basically must have said to him and Morelos, look, you two are going to play each week until we get you to where you were when I was here with Stephen Gerrard. So I think he's maybe just gained guys a bit more belief to be expressive. And I think, that, I, don't, I wouldn't say the performances that Rangers have put in and, and say the, the 10, 11 games that, um, that he's been in are amazing I think their best performance was against Hearts but there has been a lot of games where particularly even yesterday I don't think they were at their best yesterday no um, but they still won that's all that matters they're in the, they're in the next round the point is is that, that they're getting those results under Geo I don't think they would have got those results I think the mentality's changed didn't it? I think Aye. he's changed the mentality Aye. the amount of last minute goals he scored especially early on under Beal um, I don't think you win the games under Van Bronckhurst I think he's brought that in at, Rangers, at Rangers where you need to go at the end. You need to win games of football regardless of how we do it. I don't even think you've seen the best of Beal yet. I've been to a couple of games at Dundee United one where I didn't think the football was great. I was expecting more in terms of football but I can understand why why he hasn't got that. I need his own players and I think once he gets his own players in the summer I think you'll see a completely different style at Rangers. A better style that Michael Beal prefers but I think the thing you had to change first and foremost was the mentality of, of winning games of football. I'd love to see the running stats between the two of them intensity has uh -huh. been miles up since he's come in Aye, I th my answer's pretty much similar to what you said at the start is I think as a manager you've got to get the especially if you're coming into a job mid-season you've got to get the best out of what you've got and before Giovanni Van Bronckhorst obviously got the sack I think it was two wins and six two wins and five two wins and six since then they've went 12 wins and 13 the only result being a draw against Celtic and let's face it nobody fancied wins to get in off of Celtic and I think with the squad that he's inherited I think the improvement in certain players has been night and day. For me, the main one, Malik Tillman, without a shadow of a doubt. I think a lot of things that was labelled at Malik Tillman was never about technical ability or you no know, potential. It was maybe lazy at times, doesn't work as hard as the rest of the team. I, I look at Ajax away in Amsterdam, Napoli, the Champions League, Celtic at Parkhead, where in games like that, if you're not working as hard as other people at a position, you're a man shot. Mm. I think the improvement of his work rate off the ball has been incredible. And I think his impact in games specifically over the last couple of months, you're talking about a goal or assist every game. So now for me, no, obviously recruitment's going to be massive in the summer. I'd imagine there's going to be a fair overhaul at Rangers, but I think priorities for now have to be Ryan Kent in a new deal and Malik Tillman, whatever happens with him. I think Michael Beale said a couple of weeks ago there's a fee already agreed. There's a fee agreed, get it done. There's I no point waiting to keep scoring every week and then Bayern Munich say, do you know what, hold on. We'll take him back, we'll sell him for more, we'll loan him to somewhere else, we'll see what else we can get from him. I think if there's a few already agreed there, I don't know what the hold-up is for him, just get him tied down. Do you think standards have improved as well, Andy? Did you know, see, after the Aberdeen game, although the one he was raging after, uh, yeah, you can't really imagine Van Bronckhorst doing something like that after a win at Pataudry. Yeah, I, I do think it was, uh, listen, I'm not sitting saying that he, he done a fantastic job, but I, I do think a lot of the criticism towards Van Bronckhorst wasn't fair. I don't think he was back to the levels he should have been, specifically after the sales of Nathan Patterson, Joe Aribo, Calvin Bassey, but 
I do think a lot of the football at times, specifically this season, wasn't great to watch. And I do agree. I think there's been a lot of games with Rangers this year that's maybe not quite been there. But I see a lot of players as if you know they've been dragged off a leash. They've, there's a leash no no around their neck anymore. I'm talking about you know bodies being in the box and a bit more free flowing, a bit more attacking, especially with the fullbacks and the midfielders. Uh, I do think there's a long way to go. I don't think they're quite at the level of Celtic yet, to be honest. But I think in these 13 games, you've only really seen one 90-minute performance, and unfortunately it probably did come against Hearts at Tynecastle. But yeah, listen, 12 wins in 13 is obviously a very good start, but I do think they've got a bit to go. You quite like the Leafs around your neck, don't you? I love that every night. <laughs> <laughs> Div, do, does Rangers, do you feel for Beal that he needs to win this cup final against Celtic? Well, it'd be absolutely huge. I mean, you see what Ange done, he kicked on for that, didn't he? Nah. He was going through a wee bit of a tough time at the start when he came in at Celtic, and when he won that, it kind of gave them belief in it. So it's his first cup final, so I think if he can if he can emulate with the Hearts performance, then they'll certainly get a chance, but the 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 performance needs to be up at their levels, I think, if they're, if they're going to do it. Who'd be a bigger miss if they left, Morelos or Kent? I know everyone would probably think the obvious answer is Kent, but if you look at Morelos' record over his time at Rangers, it's probably better than Ryan Kent. I think right now you've got to say Kent, because I think Kent's shown more. I think Morelos is another one that's certainly improved under Michael Beal. I think being a part of the team, he's, he's the type of player that he needs to play. If he's not playing for two or three months, yep. he's no fit, he's obviously, his body shape's never going to be great by sitting on a bench, but I think he has improved under Michael Beal. But like Kev says, I, I couldn't agree more. Like Two years ago, the thought of losing Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morejos let their contract run down losing them for free it's, it should never have got to that situation you know, after the year Morejos scored 14 goals in Europe I don't know what his market value is but I'd imagine it'd be pretty decent to then think two years later you're losing them on a free I think there's been you know, Ryan Portis at Hibs is, is a big one like, players like that when they're so important to your football club they should never get to a stage where they're six months left in a contract because you know if they do well you're going to lose them for nothing yeah. so it is a priority I think Ryan Kent's more a priority now because I imagine he's attracting more clubs than Alfredo Morelos based on this season. But for me, I would still, I would still offer the two of them a contract. He's brilliant, isn't he? Aye, he's good. You should be sitting up here. Do you think Ryan Kent could play in the Premier League? Obviously, Aye. man doesn't he behind him. I do. That. I think he's brilliant. I think Ryan Kent's brilliant. I really do. I, think. I, I definitely think he's definitely. See, when he's doing what he's really good at and that's driving at people with the feet and that, who else? Do, like, I know there's a lot of players in the Premiership do that, but he could fit into some of those mid-table Premier League teams and do that because when you, what people forget is when you go into the Premier League, you're surrounded by a different level of footballer around you, so they bring it even more in you. And I think that's what you... Sometimes you see players up here in Scotland, you think, how's he moving down? So he, he's not going to cut that down there. But they all go down, and the majority of everybody that goes down does well. There's no reason why... Just right. his numbers and his numbers and his numbers need to improve. I think he's not, aye, you're he'll, absolutely he'll right. Aye, assists and goals isn't he probably where you would want to beat a winger. But, listen... He's not any speaker, you know? A, <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Um, so, I know I think he definitely could, 100%. So, I take it away. Oh, again, I think he's a good player, but I think these Premier League managers now they look for, for numbers one thing he does he's always fit Ryan Kent and he plays every game he looks like he's in, in superb condition but um, I think he could play for a lower league Premier League team but his numbers need to improve Dave just honestly just no, ask a question and feel free to jump in if uh, if you've got anything to say about it what, what, what do you think Rangers aspirations should be in terms of the league this year? Just need to keep winning, mate. Game game at a time, I think. Um, it doesn't look like Celtic are slowing down, but they just need to keep winning. I even like some of the wee mind games that Michael Beale's trying to play with Ange. Um, to, saying lucky, things like that. 
because that's something you would never go out of jail. But it's like, on the part, don't look like they're slowing down. So for me, mate, it's just about winning uh, every game at a time. There's still two old firm games. So you just never know. Oh, Callum, he's never not know, happy. Mate. He's not happy. Just to, just to uh, break it up a wee bit here, right? The biggest difference, Andy, you says, was... Um, the last time this was on the Rangers were winning games 1-0s 2-1s which changed they keep winning that if you actually look at their, their cup record against the lower teams I'm buzzing that we've got hearts away because it'll be a scoosh compared to what they've got at home they struggled against Queen of the South was it 3-1 I think the Rangers won obviously last night 3-2 with an own goal Dundee 1-0 as well I'm sure it was turgid to watch I'll let you explain that one right but, um, <laughs> so what's changed well there's nothing's changed well, no I think something has changed because they've won 12 out of 13 under Gio you're right some of the wins well, weren't great to watch 1-0 but they weren't winning every game but remember Gio only lost points. one game outside the Celtic but he has the same but he, the, but he drew, drew a lot no, 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 I, I, and, and he did lose more than that he lost against St Johnson as well no I'm saying one outside of Celtic outside, so he only lost yeah. the Celtic obviously a couple of times but it's still, it's still a number of draws it's two points drop right. no I, I get that but that's probably the biggest thing is that Celtic are relentless. We like that, and I don't want to say that we never stop, but it genuinely is. Shane will say it, don't worry. No, no. His mum and dad are saying it tonight. You still got the banner. I'll they'll be saying that tonight, won't I just think the probably the, the biggest difference between both clubs is that we've got a really, really special manager. If, if I'm being fair to that, Michael Beale's very untested, unknown. And um, everybody, everybody laughed at him when he first came here. Everybody doubted him. He'd be out. I think Chris Boyd says he should just resign and leave. And I mean, look at him. I don't know where Boyd is anymore. He's, he's just hiding in London somewhere on Sky. On that then, who do you think said a better start in Glasgow's manager then? Did Ancher have a better start? Did Michael Beale have a better start? What does that tell you about the future? What I will say, right, and the difference is, is Beale had a better start, but if you look at the two Thank squads, Celtic's better. squad was absolutely terrible when he first took it. And, and, and he also had a full pre-season as well, didn't he? Dev, Remember, we, we, Dev, played, we played hard. My wife always says, it's not how you start. It's, it's how you play. finish. <laughs> exactly, Kevin. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> but that. That, that, that probably is the biggest difference is that when Ange first came in, I mean, I think we played at Tynecastle and Kyogo had just signed that day and, and came up, didn't even know Starfield players. Well, Starfield as well. Um, and, and we just really struggled for the three games. Beals obviously came in and took a, a, a European finalist team. I mean, I, I know you lost, obviously, Aribo and Bassey, but there's still a good spine there. And never picked up the same. But as a difference over the last 18 months is, I feel, and a lot of Celtic fans probably feel as as long as Andrew's here, he's he's not going to lose a league. He's probably too strong for the rest of the rest of the team. I would and agree. I would agree with you with the fact that the rain, he's come in. He's won twelve out of thirteen a draw, and the performance haven't been wow. But like Andy says, he is still getting the points and still winning games. What happens when it all eventually does click? No, maybe proper like the performances go up a level. Does it then? Do, does it get better? Just quite, but, maybe but, win 2-0 it's not just I like as a whole club look I, like they're in a better place but, in see, terms of recruitment the players that they're bringing in how quickly they're getting their players in Celtic and Rangers when they play well or play bad they win most times anyway because of, because of strength and depth in squads so it's no surprise that he's come in and he's won 12 out of 13 like, that's what he should be doing that's that's easy it's the games when we come to town what, what happened but see we're not the worst team in the Champions League history. That's all I say. We're the worst team in the Champions League history, my man. Come on. Do you know Levels to this team. Up the road. But not. 
That's <laughs> gave him the alley up, building. No, but see, generally, because this is this is a conversation I had, I've, I have had, and Ange Postecoglou has done brilliant Scottish football. There's nobody that should even remotely debate that. And I think the performances in Champions League were much better than what the point suggested. But is that not the next step for you, for Celtic, for Ange, that in European football they should be doing a wee bit more? Mate, of course it should be because then the reality hits you. Everybody watched Rangers and Leipzig and then when the draw gets made, you think, right, fancy our chance against Leipzig. But the difference was is when they come to town and they've got a different manager, um, they play a different way, they've got Timo Werner up front, there's a little bit more quality and, and the difference was there was a gap between Celtic and Leipzig. There was. See the way they, they pressed us. Now, for example, St Mirren at the weekend, um, the weekend in the Cup, brilliant. And 5-1 is, is probably unfair on St Mirren because they actually pressed Celtic really, really well in the game. But the difference is, is Celtic take some subs off and they put Hattati and O'Reilly on they get three goals. So as long as the five sub rule stays, Celtic will dominate every single game like that all the time. Even when they struggle in some games, we'll just blow other teams out the water because of that sub, because we can. the strength and depth is ridiculous in Europe. Celtic always have to get better. The record since we last won a knockout round was 0-3 going to Seville. I mean, that's shocking. Mm. To, to, to be fair, it's got Aye. to be better than that. And you look at the managers, Rodgers, etc. We played Valencia, not a massive side in, in the Spanish League. They are a good team. But when they come to Celtic Park, they shouldn't be winning 2-0. So we games like that are big frustrations. We need to perform at a better level in Europe. That's, that, that's, that's not even a question, but... Can I see Ange improving Celtic? Yeah, I definitely can. He's took us up levels. But do you think he'll be here for the long haul, Ange? If you're asking me if he's going to like, somebody like Leeds, then no, I personally... But I you see, see, you see somebody like Leeds, like Rodgers went to like a Leicester. No, I get that, but Leicester won the league in the last five years. Mm. What's Leeds done in the last, what, 30 years? But do you, think think he, do you think Ange would need to maybe go to like a... He'll need to go to a mid-team. Aye. So do you know think like a Liverpool or a, like a no. would go for Ange now? I, I, I think he'd probably shoot Liverpool. Right? I, I really do. The brand, he, he's quite confident. Um, Liverpool are a, a bit of a mess now. But as long as he stays at Celtic, then, then that, that's all that matters to So me. do you think Ange will stay long? Uh, Celtic? I, I think he's... Unless it's, unless it's a big club like Liverpool, etc., then I think he'll go. I, I don't know what, what this is with, with England and Scotland. Look at Ryan Portis, for example. He goes to Watford. And Watford are a, are a big club, right, in the Championship. But he probably could go a little bit higher than that. But that's where he's ended up. Now look at um, Matomo, uh, um, uh, Brighton. He's, he's getting talking about for, what, 70, 80 million yeah. pounds. He goes to somebody million. else, right? No, but he went for three million. But yeah. now, yeah. what would you need to pay for him now? No, that's what I mean, three million. You'd need to pay a fortune. So I said it to one of my mates and I says about Hatati. Hatati's just as good as him, but I know they play different positions, but he's, the quality is just as good. Hatati could go and play in the Premier League easily. Look at Liverpool's midfield. Mm. Stinking. Hatati could easily play that. I genuinely believe that, right? But he'll never get that move. It'll never happen. And it's the same for Ange. I think that he's good enough to go to a top club, but it'll never happen. They'll never take that, that, that risk. That risk uh-huh. It just won't happen. But what I don't get is, look at how Southampton, for example, how did... Um, the Jones boy get the job. Jones. How did he get that job? For Luton? How'd you go for Luton? Don't Cal- say that for Cal- 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 Keep them up. Wait, how, got sacked the next day. So how does that happen? So there's this stigma around Scotland that we cannot um, get players. Andy just covered it there and he says, uh, these are the days that are long gone that we can't let players sell when they get down to the last contracts. I.e. Juranovic. How? How did he go for seven and a half million pound? Mm. That's that's scandalous. When he's played a good World Cup, and we're talking about Ryan Kent, if he had maybe two years left, he'd be worth such and such. And I know there's a bit of an age difference. I think Kent's maybe twenty six and Janovic's twenty seven. Played at the World Cup, Kent's never played at a decent level, apart from Scotland, and then also in Europe. So we're talking about him getting a good club. Now I know Union Berlin are sitting second in the in the Bundesliga, so obviously they are a good side this season. But 
through history they're not so there is a stigma that we only reach a certain level across all that's managers or players and they but only the, go to a certain the thing on Juranovic is right is obviously seven and a half million quid that was only what one club was willing to pay for them so it's it's hard to demand 10, 15, 20 million quid if there's nobody coming in the shop wanting to buy it no, no. Uh, oh, no I mean, that seven and a half millions is his price tag. It's like your house. Uh, yeah, you don't you know what's worth something like that. it's worth. Uh, right, we're on to Aberdeen. Unbelievable. Are you happy if Jim Goodwin gets sacked? Are you happy he gets sacked? Um, as in, did I think it was time for him to go? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, we Everything's fine in Aberdeen, by the way. It's all fine. There's nothing nothing to say there. Uh-huh. I got asked two months ago, oh, who did you have on the cup of the weekend? Absolutely That's why we organised the night because we knew that Albert Dean were going to be in it. Yeah. But are you surprised nothing, in, uh, how nothing. quickly he fell because he was third before the World Cup? Neither were Hibs, am I right? Yeah, so going into the World Cup, yeah, he was third. Things had been so so. There were some poor results around that. But this season is like last season. Everyone's been poor, generally. There's been weird results. There's been everyone's beating everyone. I think, except Ross County and Rangers and Celtic, we've beaten everyone. And I think they've all beaten us pretty much. There's Everyone's record is pretty mixed. So we are probably, what, we're seventh at the moment, but we're closer to third than we are to the bottom. And we were, yeah, we were third. And I said, going into the World Cup, if someone had offered you third in a cup semi, you'd say that's brilliant. Because it is. That was fine. So did any dramatic change or was it quite similar to before the World Cup? We had a little holiday at the World Cup and then everyone came back and simply packed in. It, it, we was we we played Celtic. We did what Rangers used to do at the little breaks in January: go off on a little holiday, and come back, and just. And, it, and Celtic have this whole "we never stop" thing, which is cringe. But, but just, we, <laughs> we've just never started. She's on so it. we came we came back. We played Celtic, and we set up in the most. We were defended in the sea in the second. It was honestly terrible. Then we were we'd beaten Rangers, and everyone was absolutely busted. And that would have actually probably things we'd find. And then we didn't beat Rangers at all. <laughs> see, we never stopped, but you did stop. When, oh, the, oh, when the second goal, when the, fir- the equaliser went in, I was like, oh God, a point. And I was like, what would I never even thought they'd get another. <laughs> so that was absolutely horrendous. And then Christmas, lost to St Mirren, lost to Killy, had a horrible draw with Ross County. Graham Shinney came back, and so we all had a little Saturday afternoon of excitement because we beat St Johnston and everyone was buzzing. And then the Edinburgh ones. I missed Hibs because I was in Seville. Um, and it was much nicer than being there. The honestly, it was not good. Fans got booed on the park. Back on the, the um, players got booed uh-huh. back on. The players that we have are not bad. There are plenty good players in that squad, and there has just been, I think, since things weren't great at the end of McInnes, and he did need to go, and we were churning out points. We were, and I said earlier that I think Killy will be absolutely fine because if it comes down to it, McInnes will get points. What do you mean it, it wasn't great? Pretty. Oh, it was horrendous like one nils that we won a game a lot of draws it who we did it mckinnis yeah it was getting poor in fact i think his actually his last game was a one nil loss to kelly i think that the, the the main complaint that aberdeen fans had about Derek mckinnis was the style of play which is then why they bring in steven Glass in for a more free-flown brand of football well, that, that was struggled yeah. but see, see for me i i think i do think having played against him a couple of times this year and i know i'm saying this after beating them 5-0 but i do think aberdeen are better this year than last year I think they'd be better players. Got better I know the league position control. doesn't suggest that, but I do think they have improved slightly. My, this could be completely wrong. This is just my opinion. I, I look at when Celtic beat Dundee United 9-0. I just thought psychologically they were done. That's I thought Dundee United were finished after that. I, I don't think they could recover. I think after the Rangers game, mm. 
conceding in the 95th and the 97th minute, I thought psychologically Aberdeen were, again, I just think, some, there's always some victories in football that you just think, this club, I, I don't know if these players are going to cover that for two weeks, three weeks, a month. Well, I just don't get that time. Yeah, in a month, you might have atrocious. 12 games, nine games, whatever it might be. And then, I mean, you look at Jim Goodwin when, when Rangers score, make it 3-2, he's on his hands and knees. When do you see managers do that in, mm. in, in, in losses, last-minute losses? And then for that, then go on a, what was it, one win in 11 Something we got Graham Shinney back and had a yeah, well, two days of Johnson game. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. and it, you just I've said it so many times in the podcast. I'll never talk about managers should get sacked, why they get sacked. You know, for for, for many reasons, but five nil to Hearts followed by six nil to Hibs is, and in, is and hard middle, to come back from. The cup they take the victories where it's just yeah. it's not about the defeat; it's a manner of defeat. So. I think now the most interesting thing with Aberdeen is who do they bring in? Who, well, that, he makes a good point about this because they brought Stephen Glass in and the same players to play that type of football and then they go and get a defensive manager in Jim Goodwin. In. I mean, Jim Goodwin, as far as I'm aware, that he was very direct at St Mirren. Very, very direct. And he's sitting there, changed the whole club, the whole philosophy of the club for Derek McInnes, the chairman. He's changed it all. He says, we need this new style of football. We're going to bring you through back to play for the back. It doesn't work under Stephen Glass, who he was raving about on the radio talking a lot of rubbish way, if you remember, and then brings in a manager who was, as we said, defensive, so it makes no sense what he came out with, with McInnes. Well, is there, a, pl- the there is a plan in place where Cormac Murray says the club going long term? Yeah, I think it's difficult with the manager situation because actually it's hard to see who could, you can't, I mean, I said that if we were getting someone from the a current manager, I'd have Ange, but I'm not sure he's going to come to us. Mm-hmm. That'd be quite, you'd be really gutted. <laughs> Well, see, to be honest, right. I think yeah. a big start is Alan Burroughs. Sorry, Gogsy, but I do yeah, think someday, someday within the back room that does the dirty work that we don't see, where the club does have a structure, does have a long term plan, because they never had that before. We've got the football money. That is the sort of the gap that bridges between the playing staff and, and what they're doing behind the scenes. So I think that, because Alan Burroughs has done a, a brilliant job at Motherwell with a lot of off the field stuff, financial, you know, a Joe Savage stuff. type. Joe Savage type yeah. it's true it's, yeah. it's someone like that someone that's sort of but they've sacked two managers this season Who? they've sacked two managers and that's the thing I've said with Alan Burrows as well but Aberdeen fans then not want the community to be better they want their team to be Aye. better on the pitch but it's alright having a great community but you've sacked Graham Alexander after a few games and then you've given Stevie Hamill he's now been sacked I think you could get somebody else in and hear him sat before the season finishes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm half expecting as well and, and am I right in saying that Alan Burrows is still still at Motherwell Currently, yes, until the twenty seventh of February. So you've got the, the you've got the chief executive of Aberdeen <laughs> working for Motherwell and neither of them got a manager. It's just a whole clusterfuck, really. It is, isn't it? Because it's like he's got a manager <laughs> in line and he's flicking heads or tails to see if he takes it me Aberdeen or Motherwell. Right, just before we move on to Motherwell Colour, have you got a candidate in mind that you'd like to see get the Aberdeen job? I wanted Goodwin when we got him. And now it is actually really difficult because do you go I saw the, the Poland manager was saying he wants it. I don't really like when people say that they want the job. It's not really how it works. Chris Wilder would have been an unbelievable appointment, but he's obviously ruled himself out. But when I seen uh, he was on the shortlist, I thought, if you get him, then. I what about the current guy, please. Barry Robson? Aberdeen boy, what do you think? Current guy? Current guy? Do you know someone we didn't know? That's me. Current guys. Um... I'd, there's the risk, I suppose, that we do all right the rest of the season, and then it's here's this job, and that's fine. But then is that a proper process? And it, to be honest, what we had a loss, loss to St Mirren, yeah, and then we beat. He did get a man sent off early, didn't he, in the St Mirren game? And it wasn't. I, it was, yeah. I don't think it was red card, but 
Yeah. So, um, and then we had, we also had two centre-halves who just turned up that minute and never seen each other before. That's right. Although you'd have thought our whole defence had never seen each other all season. But our two new centre-halves are good. <laughs> and actually, on paper, the squad is fine. I think we will, I think we'll be okay. I'm not as worried. This time last year, I was yeah. getting concerned. And I think we were close last year to being in a problem. But you just wonder what they're actually, what they're looking for now as a manager. Mm. Which style of manager do they want? Which style of fit were they looking for? Oh, what type of profile as a manager? It's like I said, well, when you look at Chris Wilder, the job he done at obviously Sheffield United, back-to-back promotions, getting in the Premier League to get somebody of that calibre would have been massive. So should Where's these that? managers be getting longer? I think Jim could have turned it around. I, I genuinely think he could have done. I, I think, think the Darvel one was the big, the big soccer punch. And then obviously losing 6-0 to Hibs. Nobody loses 6-0 to Hibs. But then it doesn't help him when he's coming out three days before the game saying if you didn't win the game, then you're you're sacked. Of course they're going to lose the game. I think if we'd beaten Hibs, it would have been different. The Darvel one was a nightmare, but it was... The Darvel one can happen to any club. That's just Scottish Cup football. It's a one-off game that can happen at any point. But the manner and the way the defeat was, it was as if the players had chucked it. So should like a chairman with maybe inexperience in that role be coming out and saying if he doesn't win this weekend then he's out the door I think that, like, just, you're, you're see when you say that so they chucked it they battered Darvel second half no, but I'm not saying they chucked it Dar- no, I'm not saying they chucked it against Darvel they, they chucked nervy. it against they Hibs they looked like they were a team under pressure no, but what I mean is they chucked it against Hibs I've never seen the Hibs game, the I don't think after that statement of course you're going to be nah, playing that I don't think one result should be getting a manager sacked but I think it's very hard to say the three of those were bad and then once the fans had properly turned and what do you do then it's very hard to get that back we had the transfer window St Mirren we had a win last week and then with Celtic on Saturday so it's not as though I can even really see where we're going to get a good run from but I don't want to become a club that sacks a manager twice a season because I think you never how do you ever get any kind of stability then it always comes down to the the, the manager on the end because I was at the Hearts game where the Hearts beat them 5-0 and the first 10-15 minutes, it was a pretty even game. Aberdeen looked decent. Hearts looked all right. And then it was just like the manner in which the goals were conceded. It was just a long throw into the box and Hearts scored. And then before you know it, it was like 4-0 at half-time. If we go behind... We and I'm sitting there thinking, is there any like characters in this team that can grab their teammates and maybe turn this around? And I just couldn't see that. And that then comes from, for me, you're needing the players to step up. But the manager has to try and galvanise his players. And I think that's where... It, I, I thought that night, I thought he, he's lost some of those players. And then obviously the week after Darvel, then the week after that, 6 0 to Hibs, it's like the players have just kind of wrapped it. And I, th- I felt sorry for Jim Goodwin, but ultimately he's the one that'll head on the chopping board. Just quickly, would you take Derek McInnes back? No. Okay. And I think we were right at the time. It's There'd be some results, but I don't think it's long term the right plan I don't know Alex McInnes long term had you success he had you in cup finals semi-finals third fourth in the league yeah but then Kev was talking about consistency he couldn't have been more consistent then at McInnes but it was getting worse and worse and that's the problem I know but is that because he loses his best players every year does he deserve a wee bit of a bad patch to get them back to where he had them before why are you losing your best players because people come and give them more money but then I suppose well it's difficult it's hard to turn down a lot of money we're in actually an alright position where financially we are okay and I think I don't I don't think Aberdeen's an unattractive team for someone to come to but it's whether do we just wait till the summer now maybe wait, wait, on, on like Hearts's um, Robin Nielsen and Joe Savage's vision of can we get closer to the old firm had Aberdeen 
not went, got rid of Derek McInnes and maybe gave, given him the money that now, these the, guys have had 100%. The next lot of managers have had, so if you think of the money they've had to pay Stephen Glass to get rid of him, pay the money to get rid of Jim Goodman because he's been sacked, the, the money that they've spent bringing in players, had they just given that big pot of cash to Derek McKinnon and say, can you take us closer to the old firm? Could he possibly have done Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And that instead of the football's boring and we'll just kind of cut corners and keep selling my good players every year. There's an argument that that's bad management from above the last in terms of a chairman's role. Before McInnes left, we just Aye. panicked, but I was at Canberra, it was absolutely horrendous, it was not good. But I don't know, but I think we'll probably have to wait until the summer because I think if you get into the habit of hiring managers and then, I mean, that's what, two, not even a year. And then you can never, I mean, you can never really form a proper team around that. Because players don't know... I didn't get the whole McInnes' football wasn't good. I played against these Aberdeen team and I fucking hate playing against them. I thought they were a right good team. It's not good to watch though when it was starting to become... I mean, grinding out nil-nils and one... Played with two wingers who attacked all the time, two attacking fullbacks with Graham Shinney. I didn't think it was defensive football at all. Was it quite direct? Is that what they were, uh, quite they were saying? It was... I, th- I, I thought it was attacking football under Derek McKinnon. Fucking right, mm, could be. Eddie, you've been absolutely brilliant, but we uh, didn't need to move on for Aberdeen now. Fuck me. I've had enough of them, mate. Look at Gogsy. Look at Gogsy waiting like he cannot wait. Yes, Gogsy. Burrows away, and obviously Stevie Hamwell, a club legend, mm-hmm. away. Is it hard times now to be a Mullow fan? Is it I, crisis? I think since the administration days, this is the toughest time. Do you, mate? Because I? there's so much uncertainty. What about I- when I left? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who are you again? <laughs> Go on, go on, yeah, again. <laughs> when you left, that's a bank holiday in Wisho. Mate, you didn't even go for a million, so there's no even any point. I paid your pitch. <laughs> what, that one that was just a farm field? Right? A farm one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gogsy boy, take it away. Sir. Anyway, I'll, I'll be as brief as I can. Look, since the first fan forum, we've played 10 games, 30 points available. We've only got four points from those 30 games wow. that we've played. Uh, 30 points that we could have got from. Um, <laughs> Motherwell with a really extremely loyal fan base does not merit having one win all season yeah. uh, at home. And to put that into perspective, St. Johnson have come to Far Park and won twice. Um, I wasn't there on Saturday when we got humbled by Wraith Rovers, thankfully due to a, another commitment. Um, but... Every post-match interview that Stevie Hamill did over the last month or two, it was the exact same. We need to do this better, we need to do that better. And it's been all talk from the club, top to bottom. And then the chairman comes out with a statement saying something very powder puff that didn't fill me with any confidence at all. And it, it really just begs the question, are we ready to actually go into a relegation battle? And for me, the answer is no. Because, well, we've got Kettlewell coming in, but I think he was always going to be a replacement for Hamill should he depart. Uh, so I think we have to really rely on a sort of managerial bounce on Wednesday against St Mirren to potentially get any momentum. But 
against the mirror if that's your first one. Sorry. Do you know from experience? Yeah. Am I right in saying Stuart Kettlewell got Ross County relegated? Can't remember, but I thought he was doing. They were sitting bottom of the league. I think he left. got sat. Yeah, yeah. They, they were struggling, so yeah, it's not, it's looking very bleak at the moment. Did Stevie Hamill not bring Kettlewell in? There was Stevie. He done the youth. youth I mean, Stevie Hamill was the direct the head of the youth, yeah. and then he brought Kettlewell in for the 18s. He got promoted to Stevie Hamill's role. Uh-huh. So my thinking would be: Would he not be helping Hamill anyway? Uh, the, there were to ru- some extent so there were, there were rumors you sacked that a guy that was helping a guy and you brought him in yeah it's, it's very very disorganised fortunately we've done the same so I think uh, you've done the same with Zach uh, Ross Zach Ross and bring his assistant manager Aye. to be honest with you, I think you should just stay up I just Save us yeah, the bother fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it on the podcast I think it is a shootout between Motherwell and Dundee United Aye. Mm-hmm. yeah it's looking Motherwell are honestly Motherwell are a weird one for me because played against them twice. Uh, you'd have probably been at the game at Fur Park. Um, seen mm-hmm. them a few times this year and I think a lot of the performances don't merit the results they've had. But four points in an available 30s. It's never going to be good enough. Doesn't matter what football club you're. I think they've actually played some decent games, some decent performances, but home record, I mean, when you look at Kelly, obviously Astro, whatever it is in Rugby mm-hmm. Park, they're picking up home results. Ross County, home results. Dundee United maybe know so much that they're a bit more sporadic and spread out but I think that is a, a big issue for, for Motherwell. The thing is, I, I came on here and I actually made a point saying that we can take the lead but we can't actually hold on to it. Just a couple of weeks later we played against Kilmarnock and we were 2-0 up and then they got a man sent off and then all of a sudden they turn into prime Brazil. Like I've asked this on the podcast because you think the pitch has been a hindrance to you? Because you get that pitch in, it's not like Motherwell play fantastic football. Does it help the opposition more than it helps Motherwell? I'd say so. I mean, we spent a million on the pitch. If yeah. we spent a million on the squad, we'd be much exactly. further up the table. Get yourself an Astro. <laughs> that, that is what, what actually what we debated. What's that? <laughs> Davey Martindale's got Astro in his living room, isn't he? He's living room with Astro <laughs> So who do you want to see, Gugsy? If we could get somebody in for now at the end of the season, who like, you want? Faddy? I mean, Faddy knows... His, his mother will as much as I do so I'd love Faddy to come in and actually he- help steady the ship but um, I mean right now I don't think we need a tactician we need a man manager because there's so much poison in that squad and it's cured otherwise we are going down Do you think somebody like Jim Goodwin who's been sacked could he come in Who's the poison? Who's the poison? Well, huh? Where's the poison? Who's the poison? Poison is poison is the mentality we, we've got players that are in my opinion good enough but there is no team cohesion like we've got we've got players like Kevin Van Veen I know he's got he, he's got a bit about him but sometimes he just looks like he can't be I agree. that's a great point I agree. there are some players in that squad that are going into their fourth manager at the club I mean third different manager in a season uh, I mean being really unrealistic I'd love Neil Lennon to come in and shove a rock up their arse because I know he can do that but also it may be very unpopular here but Yogi Hughes might be a shout um, but to be honest I'm clutching at straws because nobody in their right mind would take the Motherwell job right now but even that on the Alan Burroughs so, what, so what's your view on Alan Burroughs has he done a great job at Motherwell uh, he's done all he can at Motherwell I think well everyone comes to a point in their job no matter where you are you come to a point where you need to look past his new and he'd spent 15 years at the club. People have done worse for murder. Like, honestly. 
<laughs> Good point. I keep saying that about this place. <laughs> Well, anyone's bigger than Motherwell at the moment in the week because <laughs> we are absolutely dross. But even like the five guys you've just signed, who, who, are they Stephen Hamill's signings? I mean, who's signing these guys? I don't know. Alan <laughs> Honestly, pick, pick anyone off the street. And that's where these, this, these see these clubs are in. I know you talk about how good the managers are, but like, the structure at Hearts, the structure like it makes such a massive difference right. to the manager. See that the thing is, clubs in. All over, the, all, all over Europe, they set a deadline by like the 15th of January during the trans- transfer window. Look, give us the deadline of the 15th of January and then if you want to move on, we'll have your move sorted for then. But we, we, have, we have never been that organised to actually go and look at players and get them in early transfer window and then they've got the full month to train with the club and then actually have a squad bedded in for the 31st. Because January, January the 31st had just passed there. That was the most bizarre day of my life because I was scrapping through work just trying to find if we've actually signed someone that can play football. <laughs> I well, got... actually did refresh Twitter and Motherwell had signed somebody for every hour of the transfer. I was surprised. I don't know how many. I was surprised. How many did they sign the last day of January? Seven? I don't know, but I think we got nine in over the course of the month. Uh, see, see, for clubs like Motherwell, is it no more important that you get the person above the manager sorted before you actually appoint a manager? You tell me. You're the one that's football, I'm just a fan. It's got to be right above. I mean, you look at Dundee United, United's problems. I know the fans, for one, are not happy with Tony Ashkar. Yeah, massively unhappy with Tony Ashkar. Blew the budget in the summer, brought in players which individually they have quality. I think when people saw United at the start of the season, they thought they've recruited well and they're going to do okay this season. They brought in, you know, decent players. Dylan Levitt is a good player. Jamie McGrath is a good player. They got him ahead of Aberdeen. They spent big money on on Levitt. They've, They've brought in Stephen Fletcher as a good player. But there's massive gaping holes in it and Tony Asker is deeply unpopular because he's completely unaccountable because all he does is sack the manager and then there's no responsibility for his own position. But again, Dylan Levitt's only a good player if he plays in a passing team. Every time I've came to watch this year, you kick your ball up to Stephen Fletcher. You're 100%. So what's right. the point in a Dylan Levitt? So, so the, the balance for the team is completely wrong. United yeah. committed the least amount of fouls in the league, um, which maybe this is kind of an old-fashioned Scottish mentality, which is pr- probably wrong. But if you're at the bottom of the league, they should be snapping into things perhaps. They just like Celtic passed round them when they lost 9-0. It was completely embarrassing. They've got two very good midfielders in the middle of the park. Ball play midfielders, Levitt, McGrath, if you let them have the ball, they will pass around. They're good footballers. But last year they had like a Yandro Fuchs or, you know, maybe even a Callum Butcher who Mother will have picked yeah. up. Yeah. Kind of a, a hatchet man, basically. United are soft, are completely soft for the middle of the park. They have absolutely nothing in there. Again, Andy, though, another, another one... That t- some of the criticism Tam Kurtz took last year. I mean, finishing fourth. Yeah, they won like they won very few of the game. They won. He, he started really well. United. They they did finish fourth. You're right, Andy. But Celtic Hearts and Rangers were miles ahead of everyone. Dundee and St Johnson were crap, and United were effectively in the middle. And yeah, okay, you can't knock it. They finished fourth, but I think they won like six out of the last twenty eight games. They won. They he started really strong, and then basically after that, it was basically hanging on. The football was not good. Um, and there's obviously again going back to the Ascar point. He was off at the first opportunity, right? To a team in Hungary who's like got an average attendance of three or 4,000. I'm not sure if he was paid more money to go there. There's got to be a recurring team. Nielsen, first call. I know it's a bigger club parts, right? He leaves Asgar straight off like that. Um, Mellon, a season off straight away like that. Courts off straight away. Then he goes out, the manager tells him to get Jack Ross and he has to empty him. And so then they have to promote within, within because if not... Jack Ross is a funny one because I, I really did think that was a good appointment for yeah, the no, so did I. And bizarrely, if we were to sack Fox, which I obviously I think the majority of United fans would want, you look at candidates out of work, 
if Fox had not, sorry, if um, Ross had not been sacked earlier in the season, he would have been really high up the list about the type of managers they want to bring. Is the fans not having Fox? No, I mean, look, at his, he's lost like 65% of his games as a manager at United and County Beef. I mean, he was described by Ascar on Sportsound as the outstanding candidate for the job. I mean, that's just, that's nonsense. So I take it you were underwhelmed by that. Yeah, massively. I mean, like, well, look at his CV. He's basically got sacked by Cowden Beef within bottom of League Two. Oh, has no other managerial experience whatsoever. He's clearly not the outstanding manager for the job. He's a cheap option because he spent all the money in the summer. Would you give Jack Ross longer? <laughs> it's difficult when you're losing games 7-0, 4-1 to Hearts, 3-0 at home to St Mirren, 9-0. The fo- I think you guys talked about like the mental, the mental scars of that. I mean, it was quite clear there was obviously something up within the changing room. I mean, you, you, they've not actually... But being in a job for three months is going to take you longer than that to change that sort of mentality at a team like Dundee United. Yeah, but I mean, losing 9-0-7, I mean, these are like results United haven't had for like 100 years. There was obviously something like... But like you say, with Tam Courts, it was obviously grown because he'd only had six points in 42, did you say? Or no, at the end, so Courts started really well. United Yeah, but towards these end, before Jack Ross taking over, the cracks were starting to show, you said. Yeah, no, you're right. The team last season was good, but they were given a bit of money to spend in the summer and they brought in, you know, three, four good players. They brought in Beach, they brought in Levitt, they brought in McGrath, they brought in Stephen Fletcher, but they've left in... The big, one of the bigger problems is they let their... Well, they didn't let, but they knew Seacrest was going to Celtic. They didn't replace him. They had Trevor Carson as a ready-made replacement who's doing great for some minutes. Yeah, good goal. And instead they brought in two crap goalkeepers uh, as an alternative. And that, I don't know, you guys could tell me as ex-players, but uh, for me... There's panic because every time the ball comes into the cross, we've got like a wee five foot nine goalkeeper who's <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with being flapping it, <laughs> who, who is flapping at it, you know, flogging goals left, right, and centre, and you can almost see the panic going throughout the team because there's a bit like you were saying Aaron about Aberdeen. United have some decent footballers. It's just mm. yeah, yeah. Well, when things are going right, they're fine, but when they go behind, they've lost 15 out of 16 games. They've gone behind in this season because they're they're quite confident if if, if things are going well, but. They basically totally chuck it if they're losing. Well, you know, we used to saying last week though, Dundee United were very good against you, Sandy. The set yep, up first half, well. first half is probably until the you best got Edward sent off. Yeah. yeah, I'd say a first first half is probably the best a team outside old firms played Aye. in Newcastle this season. I thought first half really good. I think they have adapted slightly for last year. I think obviously Stephen Fletcher helps with that. Where at times you will play a bit of football, but when you've got him as a target man up front, if it's going up there nine times out of ten, he's going to win it. Mm. The fundamental, the main thing is. Dundee United squad shouldn't be bottom of the league. Uh, honestly, it should never be bottom of the league. You talk about recruitment and teams. But it's, a, it's a lack of balance. They've got a really poor yeah, goalkeeper. Uh-huh. And then they've got they've not got Hatchman in the middle of the park. They've bizarrely let go of Tony Watt and basically are gambling on like a 35, 36-year-old Stephen Fletcher staying fit the rest of the season or they are completely screwed for goals up front because right. they're substitutes like a 16, 17-year-old. They didn't come for the Tony Watt thing. Is that... Is that cause, is that non-football reasons why it, I end up it, it must be, looking from the outside. I mean, you, you guys will know bit better than me, but I mean, you do not... I mean, what hadn't been great... You know, he was signed as top scorer of the league from Motherwell. Mm-hmm. He'd only scored, f- you know, five or six goals in a year for United, but he does... Watt provides a lot off the ball. I think, for me, it's because we promoted a coach to manager. He can't manage Tony Watt. Tony Watt's clearly a big personality. Look at his CV. He's had, like, what, 14 clubs in 10 years. There's obviously a difficulty managing the guy, but it's unbelievable that they let him go out the door without saying, we're going to get a recruitment... Sorry, we're going to get a replacement in first. They, d- they didn't have any plan for that, and it's obviously an inability to manage him. But even if, like, you play a 3 4 3, don't you? And it, it's, well, three centre backs, two of them are full backs. So, Liam yeah, yeah, Smith so Liam's. Tony McMahon's played the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony McMahon. What's his name? Scott, I always get Scott it wrong. Scott McMahon. Uh, Scott McMahon. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And, and Liam Smith said his. I think he's been all right, but he's getting pelters from United fans this season because he's been really poor at right centre back. So that was another. Basically, they signed a right centre back on uh, like quarter to midnight in the transfer 
when the transfer window shut, it was basically someone had Mark Fotheringham's number and they got someone in on loan from Huddersfield. Yeah. That was the only player we brought in. There was no, and, and there's a lot of frustration from the fans because they got the, the suitor money. In, and look, I get why the owners aren't pumping in more money. The owners have put in like six, seven million pounds. They cannot keep putting in that money. And the fans are a wee bit unrealistic probably in general now. And the suitor thing, the problem is Leicester signed him at like 11 o'clock on January the 31st. So if United were planning to reinvest that money, they, they only found out when it was too late. But the, the difficulty is, is that I think Askar is in denial about how bad the team is and is saying, oh, no, we'll be fine. Like in sports, saying we've got a good team, whereas they don't realise they're in a relegation dogfight. And so he's like, oh, no, my recruitment's been great in the summer. And whereas the reality is, is like we're bottom of the league after 23 games and have gone out both cups to poor Kilmarnock side. United are in real danger of, of going down. And they should have, in my, on sports, he was talking about bringing in players in a longer term plan. United don't need players in a longer-term situation. They need two good signings to help the team to the end of the season. Make sure they finish ninth or tenth, and then reset and start again next year. Do you worry, do you worry about going down? Yeah, absolutely. two weeks ago, no. I thought we were okay. I thought the, the the team started off after the World Cup playing well. We've got, in my opinion, better players in Kilmarnock, Ross County, and Motherwell down there. But we've got a really poor balance of squad. We're also really mentally weak. I think, um, and that when we go behind, we just are unable to cope with that. Um, and now, the, I mean, the recruitment situation up front is bizarre. We literally, Stephen Fletcher, I mean, Glenn Middleton's kind of a striker, but more kind of, kind of, kind of a winger. And then it's a 16-year-old kid called Laurie McLeod. Yeah. And that, that, is, that is what they've got. And to, to, Tony Watt, uh, he was saying he wasn't starting many games, but the only game he started this year, he scored the winner against St. Johnston in a, in a kind of drab game that was going to eat out 0-0. It's got a quality goal with 10 minutes to go. The, 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 the club gains two points. Absolutely massive when you're in that position in the league. So it's it's completely irresponsible to have let Watt go and not recruit. No, recruit but it's even the finish boy, Miskin, and I've seen him play right at front three and he's now playing left uh, midfield four. Yeah, yeah they've got him in a kind of wing back. And so, well, that, that was lost. the first game he played. At, and, and that was the thing I asked interviews. Oh yeah, we're giving youth a chance, such as guys like like Niskanen's come back into the team. That, like, that's, the, the, the model's all over the place. When he yeah. came in, they talked about, is it the, the Benicic model? The, the model where they try and sign leaders off, off the pitch. It's like an American football model where you try and sign guys. Because when they came in, they were like, right, the team's completely mentally weak, so we're going to sign guys that are kind of leaders. So guys like Mark Connolly, um, Reynolds from Aberdeen, Callum Butcher, they're not the best footballers in the part, but they're leaders. They're basically going to be like, well, we're not going to accept this when the chips are down type thing. Whereas the team just now is full of quite nice footballers, but they're so soft when the team's mm -hmm. behind. There's no leaders in there and the recruiters complete, recruitment's completely all over the place because they don't have a leader in there that's going to step up when things are... It's surprising though having a leader when you've got guys like Charlie McGrew who's Fletch. 36, Fletch, 37... You couldn't ask for better leaders than eight And But, but the thing is with Fletch you're saying about obviously relying on him. Yeah. Fortunately he's still playing at this age because of how well he has looked yeah, after himself. Yeah, he's never really great. had too many serious injuries touch wood he stays fit. <laughs> But like you say, down. if he doesn't stay fit, we're down. It's not just some of the goals he scores; it's the oh, all-round play that allows others to I get opportunities because of the because of his style. I don't know if like you, the the Hearts game last week, and, and obviously Andy, you were you were playing that day, but Fletcher was phenomenal. I thought yeah, certainly the first yeah. after he obviously got the goal, but just in terms of like you know really kind of ragdoll in the kind of centre backs and really bringing you know bringing chances into plays. You know, for a guy that's thirty six next month, he's still. I think half but, his goals have come against Hearts this season. Yeah, yeah. He's, maybe, he's maybe got actually a bit of firepower. But you look at someone like Middleton, who I think is a good player. All his goals come like within the first ten minutes of the game because he runs it. He, I don't think he's fit enough to play mm. ninety minutes. I be James going down. Motherwell, sorry mate. Moves us on nicely. We're onto the high bees. Right. Your two favourite teams, Slinny. Uh Joined by host of the Long Bangers podcast. 
Wrong banger. Is that, is that you? You got a big banger. Is that a big Imagine bragging about your size of your cock on your podcast. That's brilliant. That. <laughs> See this tiny. The Long Bangers podcast. Brilliant. Matty Fernie. A uh, slight resurgent hibs recently that I've picked up. Uh, back up to fifth in the table. Is it giving you faith Lee Johnson can still be the right man for the job? I, I think it's a it's funny a thing. Hey, back up to fifth in the table. Uh, we've been shite this season. <laughs> like, but we're only eight points behind like the best heart side in history, which is... It's fucking mental. Uh, um, how many points behind them? Only, only uh, two Derby teams. No, play them So, 14 ah, but points. But they usually beat you every time uh, 14 points. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's, it's been a weird season for Johnson. Um, you look at injuries, and, and there's a few teams this season that have had big injury lists, but Johnson's lost McGeady for pretty much all the season. Nisbet's just come back. Um, Kukrovic, he's just lost McCurdy. Boyle. Martin Boyle. Uh, Jake Doyle Hayes, Kyle McGuinness. These are all players that we go into the first team. Yeah. Like the front three, especially. Like that's a whole front three that he's not had available. Um, so to, to have kind of cleared out in January and had a bit of resurgence, I think he's doing all right. What do you think of the scene is, but what do you think happened to his deal when they try to go to Millwall? I think he just didn't fancy it. So, do you? Well, I think what's happened is going down there and he's maybe had his head turned by another club. Somebody's maybe that's said, what I thought, aye. Uh, hang on now, we'll sign you in the summer. Um, but... Are you happy he stayed, I? Oh, aye. I mean, he's, he's a good quality player and yeah, he's, he's made a difference because we were, we were struggling for goals. As soon as Nisbet came back in the team, that's, we were scoring. But he can come back, uh, score at Ibrox, gets a hat-trick at Mullerwell. He's just, that's, that's what we've been missing. That's top quality. Do, do you like that Lee well, Johnson kind of pulls people above him up in terms of the recruitment, in terms of the culture of the club? I, I think... Uh, I think he needs to be careful what he says, Lee Johnson, because see when we were signing all these players in the summer, he was very clear to say, these are my signings, I've got final say. And then it gets to January and he's like, recruitment's not been good enough, I want to bring in other players, I've got too big a squad, and he's wanting to clear them all out. So on the one hand, he's taking responsibility for them all, but then when they've not worked out, he's washed his hands of them. Hmm. So I'm not sure how, how he looks in that. Like if, if I was a player in that squad, I'd be like, he says a few funny things, like after the, the defeat at Tynecastle, where he's, he, he says, like, uh, I'm sick as accepting mediocrity and I've got players there who didn't have a good football IQ. And I don't know, like, as, as players, if your gaffer said that about you, how would you be feeling in the dressing room after it? Your mass says that about you. All right, I'm yeah. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I do, I, Sorry, Andrew, you go. I do think, obviously, Hibs again. I do think they've improved for last year I've got to be honest and maybe the results up until a couple of weeks ago haven't really proved that I think Eli Ewan for me has been a big player for you I know he's his numbers obviously assist I think he's a top top assist in the league Aye. now or maybe just one behind O'Reilly I'm not too sure but I think he's made a massive improvement and if you're looking at him Nisbet Boyle McGeady if you're going in with that front four for a full season chances are you're going to score goals it's going to be dangerous for you now I think when you look at Portis leaving injury to Rocky Bashiri at the end of the season who to be fair has probably improved on last year as well I think that was an area where going into when you see the two injuries after Hearts it, what, what does that look like to the end of the season but Hanlon's come in obviously he's club legend he's been played nearly 500 games and then Will Fish which again for me is a weird one you're talking about recruitment well, for the first six months they never played a game mm. and then he's came in through injuries over the last couple of games a goal two clean sheets I think I, I read I never seen the game but he was he was one of the best players on the pitch against at Mun so strange one but yeah, obviously an upturn in form over the last few games so I think Hibs are, are a real interesting one to see how they, they continue through at the end of the season What have you thought of them Kev? They're, they're a bit like Aberdeen in terms of like it's stop-start 
I think looking at the goals, I think Josh Campbell was your top scorer of eight, and then obviously Nisbet's got eight, but he's missed possibly the, the, the biggest part of the season. Guys like Boyle, I think he scored five goals. There's not a lot of goals in the, the actual team. Um, Eulin's been moved further forward in recent weeks. He's picked up a couple of goals, which has been good. But losing Portis and Bashiri, you kind of I, I, I worried for Hibs, thinking, well, that's their main centre ass because I know Paul Handen is a club legend, and um, but he gets a wee bit of stick sometimes. And we're like, we're in a bad position when we're still playing the likes of Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson, two club legends, probably nearly a thousand games or whatever, close to a thousand games between them. But Hibs fans are like, we are better than that. We should have replacements, but you don't. Why? Why is that? Like you see Lee Johnson, one minute he's wanting to say this is my recruitment, it's no my recruitment. Can I get recruitment? It's he's always got an excuse. It just reminds me of his dad all the years ago when he was managing Bristol. <laughs> Hibs will be fine, but I think obviously your rivalry here with, with Hearts is a problem, isn't it? How many the Hibs want fine? Hibs want to be No, they don't want they fine, have. but the, 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 the thing is, is that Hearts just seem to be always good. Why, why is that? What is it? Is it a mentality it thing? Must mentality asking, thing it? it must be a mentality I'm, thing. I'm asking because I, I, I played against good Hibs sides, but I knew we were going to beat them. It's a... It's a hard thing to describe, eh? Because there's been... Uh, we must be the unluckiest fucking club in the world to have our bogey <laughs> team being our rivals, eh? <laughs> like, even the last two derbies, so 6-0 aggregate, but I think there were 2-3-0 games. Two goals right at the end in both right. games sort of put like a different reflection on the, the game. But the one at Easter Road there, we hit the post twice. We were right. on top for most of the game. Come away 3-0, and it's a comprehensive beat, and you look at it on paper, and you're like, fuck. That happens in derbies all the time, eh? And I think... We use okay, use it like at, at Hearts. I think it's, it's drilled into them for the minute they come in the door. He beat Hibs. <coughs> I think when we spoke to like the the top folk at Hibs, they're like, "We want to be the best team in Edinburgh, but no define ourselves against the results against Hearts." Spot on. And I think they need to change that. Like they need to. For for me, that's the springboard for your season. Like if you win the derbies, you'll go on and have a good season. It's like that's invariably what happens. And I think Hibs need to get better at when somebody comes in the door. They're saying it, and I'm like, that's that's the one fixture you didn't lose, and just make sure that's uh, drilled in it. And I'm like, for the start, I think that's that's different. Hibs didn't define themselves with the results against Hearts, but I think it's the same the other way around. Does Robbie Nielsen change when he's approached when he's playing Hibs? Or is it no, as normal? Does it? It doesn't. <laughs> it's it's no rocket science. You know, it's a massive game for the club. It, it goes it goes up Dundee United when they play Dundee Rangers, when they play Celtic, Celtic they play the Rangers. You know when it's uh, when it's when it's these derby games, you know you need to win. And I don't. I know obviously Lee Johnson's complained about you know certain for mediocrity, but, but I think as a manager when you're going at a club, you want to be backed. And Hibs must have signed what 14, 15 players this year, so they spent a lot of money. They've spent a decent amount of money. They have brought in a lot of players. Some of them have been really good. Some of them maybe not so much. So as I says, I, I, when you're predicting where teams finish in the league table, Hibs for me could be anywhere. It could be fourth, it could be fifth, sixth. That you don't know. It just depends who they can keep fit, what sort of run they can go on. But I suppose you could say that with a number of clubs. If Hibs finish top six, which I'm, I think they, they might, they, they will do. Does he then get? Does that then cover up? Is it? Does that cover up a crap season? No, I don't. Know. I think that's fair. I'm just asking them just because. Do you think if we'd been New Easter Road, it would have been different for question. Lee Johnson? They did I, say I, that I though, did, didn't they? I liked it being advertised as Al Sakiko. I'm a big fan of that. I think it, I mean, the fans surely, some of his interviews and stuff have been. I actually think so. We, we spoke about it. So just before Christmas, you were looking at the two derbies of the cup game and the league game at, at Tiny. 
and we thought that would be make or break from. So we weren't really looking ahead to Aberdeen. We thought if he lost those two games, he wouldn't survive. But then he picked up a couple of results, and then obviously the, the, the six now uh, against Aberdeen. But the board backed him in clearing out the uh, the squad in January. Like we, we got rid of loads of players and, and players that were like uh, Melkerson, who like they spent four hundred thousand on him. It was like mm. a, a huge signing for Hibs, and they've emptied them. So that was like a, a wee sign that I think the board were going. We're going to stick by him to the end of the season, at least irrespective of what happens in that game. That interview and said there's ten players I could get rid of tomorrow, and I thought, oh, right. Do you think a Hearts manager would survive losing two derbies 3 0? We don't lose derbies, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Nielsen would, by the way. Well, Nielsen didn't survive or us is winning that like the cup. a mentality yeah. thing. Listen, if, it, if all the Hearts fans were like you and they lost two derbies, they would, he would win them out. Uh, I don't want them out 100%. <laughs> Fair point. 100%. Matt, you've been outstanding. You get a question for the panel. Uh, so, my question was, uh, was about that when you hear managers' comments, like, you've. The, you're, you're looking at him as your gaffer and does he trust you and he says you've not got good football IQ do you find it difficult to play for him after that? I think but listen I've been out of the game obviously this season but I think players I think certain players would get annoyed by that certain comments I think sometimes managers go into the press and say things but the, the players know what he's saying in the dressing room and know what he means but I think certain comments like that could rub you up the wrong way I, I, I would be looking at the manager and looking at his career, first, foremost, as a player. And then I'd be looking, thinking, who, like, who are you? Like, I just, I don't know, I'd question it. I wouldn't be saying it to him, but see if you are, see if you're playing, see if you are not playing well, and you can't identify that your football and IQ isn't quite at it, then sheepishly you should just be keeping quiet and shutting up. But, I don't think I would accept that, no. no that well, we, I remember seeing Murdo, I remember Jim Gannon came out and uh, had to go to all the senior players and I remember it, there was a a sort of meeting in the dressing room with the majority of the players that they weren't going to accept that and then for there it just sort of had a worse effect. And was that the end of Jim Gannon? It became that last. Essentially it was, yeah, because we went on a six-game lo- losing streak and then... Yeah. He ended up not speaking to the press at, at That's what it was. Mm. And then, I, I think it was after a two-each draw, if I remember rightly, and then that was him just gone out the door. Uh, well, I think it's, it's a, bad management. I think it's bad. Well, it's a pity we've not got a Sipman fan on because I remember Stephen Robinson doing it at the end of last season. Do you remember? Two or three games ago, towards the end of the season, Stephen Robinson came out after a run of defeats. He'd only been in the job maybe two months. And a big part of his interview was basically about clearing poisonous players, Deadwood. To be honest, they their squad hasn't really changed that much mm. for last year, so it can do, it's a sitting on the fence answer, but it can do two things, it can light a fire under players' belly, or it could mean that XYZ player tosses it off because they think they're talking about him, so, but, I mean, it seems to have worked just now because there has been some sort of reaction over the last few games, so. That is the type of going. person that you've got in it, like, again, I've said it before on the podcast, the Canio came out to the press and said, Simon Ferry, I need a Rottweiler and I've got a fucking Chihuahua. But, <laughs> I didn't mind it, but I know if it was said to other players in the in the dressing room, it would it would affect them. I think that sort of criticism should be kept in house. I do think if it, if they say it in the four walls and then it gets said, said in the media, that, uh, I think you can accept it as a player because he said it to your face. But if it's not said in a changing room and it's only said to the media yeah. for thousands Correct. of people to yeah, read, yeah. I think it's different. Right, the man of the moment, best of last man of the moment, Yoon on it, Si Yoon. Feel Livy, what I, we've already spoken to him, but we'll, I'm going to touch base with him again. Do you start to fear that David Martindale could be the time could be coming up that he's going to go and get a better, a bigger job? Sorry, no, a better job. 
For, for me, there's no better job than the Livingston job. But <laughs> nah, it's, for me, it's a matter of time before he's getting linked with better jobs because the job he's done with us, even before he took the manager's job, he was instrumental in us coming up from League Two, eh, sorry, League One, and then the playoff season where we got promoted. And in terms of like you guys have been in recently, like even behind the scenes at the club, the it's work that Davey's done in terms of the infrastructure that he's put in place, and a lot of that's down to him. Yeah. And for me, I don't see why clubs like Aberdeen, clubs like Dundee United, clubs like Hibs aren't looking at Davey and what he's done at Livingston. Definitely taking me United. Would you take him at United? 100%. But does he get to act at these clubs as he gets to act at Livingston? That's and is that why Livingston have been so successful? Because he makes other decisions. Yeah. You go to these teams, Aberdeen, Hibs, you've got a guy above you telling you how to sign, how to play. I think that's probably one of the things that keeps him at Livingston, yeah. in a way, is because he's a bit old school in terms of a manager and that he does all the recruitment. He doesn't have a sporting director telling him, giving him three options of players to come and pick from. He does the recruitment himself. He does the vast majority of scouting himself and amongst the, the backroom team. So he has a lot of control. That's where I would maybe say keeps him at Livingston rather than going to a club like in Aberdeen or Dundee United, etc. By the way, we, we spoke about if Ange left Celtic, how difficult it would be to find a manager to come in. My word, what about Livingston if Martindale? I thought you were going to say Martindale for Celtic. <laughs> No, no, I'd fit in right. Ange Delivy. Generally, you're, you're right though. It's a great point. I get ruined that point. Yeah, the, the amount he does at the football club, and I mean, we've only interviewed, uh, interviewed him once, sorry, but I've said it numerous times. He's, he's my favourite manager in the league. I love listening to him talk. I love the way he is in interviews, how honest he is. And I don't know what his wages at Livy, but it should be five wages rolled into one. I mean, I remember two months ago when. Well, no, before the game, the, the level of the crossbar wasn't right. You're seeing David Martin do on a stepladder an hour before. Ah, he's been he's been found on like cherry pickers and that changing bulbs and the floodlights and everything. It's like, incredible. He does everything at the football. Uh, <laughs> it is, it's incredible. And you know, we touched on the recruitment he does and how invested he is in everything that, that goes on at Livingston. But we, uh, we uh, another thing we touched on in the podcast earlier. I don't think enough said about Livingston style of playing now compared to maybe what it was last year or maybe what it was two years ago. And they've all been successful seasons, but. For me, there's definitely been a difference in, in style. There, there is more attacking intent. No, I, I think the introduction of Stephen Kelly's been a big part of that. Obviously, I was with him when he was at Rangers as a youth player, really technical player, really good. The boy Kyle Bradley that's came in for Hibs, I think, has been excellent. But, I mean, I've said it so many times, Joel Nubley, I, 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 do, I think it'll, it'll be very difficult for you to hold on to him, I really do. I think the bonus we've got with, with Nubs is that he's got another, we've got the option to extend his contract for another year. So, it's, the balls in our court essentially with, with noobs and even if he should be commanding a decent Davey would not let him leave me oh. for free would he oh no he'll put him in the back of the van like, <laughs> you've been drinking <laughs> you've been drinking <laughs> but aye Andy what you're talking about in terms of the style of play you, you sit and read on social media that we're a bunch of hatchet men but we've got a midfield that average height of like 5 foot 8 5 foot 9 how can you say we're a big physical team when that's your midfield yeah. but Last year, Davey made, a, I think, a conscious effort to try and change how we played. He went to a 4-3-3. We played with two wide men. You play with Alan Forrest now, who was excellent for us last year. And I think we've progressed massively in terms of the style of play. Granted, we've still got elements of what got us to the top flight in terms of we can mix it up a bit. But I do think we play a much better brand of football Look at the Kilmarnock game we played the other week. The three goals we scored were excellent. And that, and that proves all Hearts fans wrong that we can play good football on the surface. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think David doesn't get the credit he deserves in terms of what he's done at Livingston. St. Johnson as well. St. Johnson with Derek Park. 3-0 up inside yeah. 25 minutes, whatever it may be. But 
obviously, I think you look at the squad, you've got good players, some very good players, but I think Davey is that manager who gets the best out of every single individual. doesn't matter who it may be, it just, you know he's getting that extra 10% out of all of them. Obviously, right back, Slaney thinks you've got the best right back in the league, so that's your boy, <laughs> By the way, that's for any young player out there. That boy, Nicky Devlin, Scott Booth sat him down in Stenhouse Muir, the wee, the wee um, office after training one day, and says, I'm letting you go, you're no good enough. That was for a League 2 team. A few years like Captain Livingston now pushing on up, I mean, by God, Steve Clark, I think he's looking to get my call up for Scotland as well, so <laughs> I think Andrew's speaking to him and all, isn't he? How do, you, how do you think Davey would handle it if he did go to Aberdeen? Much more expectation, bigger fans. Could, could he go and be successful at a club like that, Kev? I think of what he does at Livingston with the money that he has. Imagine you gave him money and resources to actually help him recruit better players. and mm. able to pay a wee bit more. Could we see a stronger Aberdeen under David Martindale? I think he possibly could. I don't think you would ever have that worry if he was at like a Dundee United or a Motherwell or St Mirren or something like that or St Johnson. You'd never have that worry of him being in a relegation fight because you would always trust that if they don't do nice football, they know how to do it the other way. Whereas I don't think Foxy knows how to shut up shop and just grab a point on the road. I think Hamill was struggling with Motherwell. Can we just get a point today in that? Whereas Davy would always, you'd never see, I think I looked at the last 10 fixtures, I think there's only one game where they've lost more than two goals scudded, in a game. They never get scudded like 2-3-1-4-1. One, one, apart from the old time. We'll talk about this. <laughs> apart from the weekend there in the cup, but I don't think he's taking the cup too seriously. Um, but I would love to see him get an opportunity at an Aberdeen or a Motherwell or somebody a bit, just to try and like prove that he is as good as what we're seeing at Livingston because I don't think he always gets the credit he, 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 that he should require doing what he's doing at Livingston. This feels like you're all Martindale's agent and you're trying, trying to get him listen, a job at Aberdeen. It's how we're we get people make, jobs. Okay. We've not got anybody a job yet, but we're trying. Well, see, what, see what God like Martindale, Robbie Nielsen, Andrew, when you interview them, is that they're good people. Yep. They're relatable. See, when you sit with them, they give you their time. They look at you, they take on what you're asking them. They want to help you as well. And I, I think that goes a long way in terms of their relationship with their players as well. I think that's a big part of why these guys are successful. Well, see, just to kind of touch on that, like Gogsy mentioned the kind of poisonous bit in the dressing room at Motherwell. See, at Livy, there's no egos in our dressing room. Like, if you have an ego, you're not going to last very long at Livy. You'll be shown the door as quickly as you've come in, if you've got an ego. And that's the ethos of the football club that Davies set going back seven, eight years. I think if you asked any of us who were best managers were, the best managers were the guys that were impressionable as a person, first and foremost, and I think David Martindale has that. I think he can get the absolute 100% best out of any player that he comes across, and I don't think he would ever like have a huff with anybody. I think he would rather try and resolve the issue because of what he's probably experienced in his life on and off the park. And I just think, like, Livingston, I think you as a fan and, your, and the rest of your fans would be grateful that you have him. Um, and you probably don't want to see him go. I know you as an Aberdeen fan don't want to see the likes of Davy Martindale at your club. But fuck me, you're hard to please. <laughs> Can I just ask you, like, generally, when you're talking about all-time Livingston managers, where do you rank Davy Martindale just now, considering when he got the job in League One? For me, he's our best ever manager. And if he took us... Top six, you've got a great opportunity of European football. If he takes us into Europe, he's definitely hands down. Was it, the best was it last year? You were so close. Was it last minute? Last minute, Motherwell. We'll, we'll, we'll not talk about Motherwell and the, and the day before the That's split. Why but the hump. Yeah, that cursed us greatly <laughs> because it, it, it kept Graham Alexander in the job. 
that was all tactical. <laughs> we decided to miss out on top six to keep him in the job. Uh-huh. But no, nah, I think David Martindale was our greatest ever manager. There's an argument like Jim Leishman and stuff, but there was a lot of money floating about Livy that we didn't actually have when, when Jim took us up the divisions. But Davy's done it on the most shoestring of budgets and we're punching well above our weight season on season. Just about every pundit, every season fancies us to go down. Whilst we've been in the top flight, we've never even been in a scrap. We've been comfortable every season. We've finished top six two of those seasons. Yeah, I, he's our best ever manager, I think. What a way to end it. Right, go on, Kev, you end it. Come on. Oh, big Pavarotti, sing a song for us. Come on, Big Pavarotti. <laughs> come on, Kev. He's a blast, your song. No, no, not tonight. Not come on, tonight. he's a chin, Kev. No, come on. I'm not feeling it. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, money talks. <laughs> it don't sing and dance. It don't walk. As long as I can live with me. I much rather be forever in Bougies. <laughs> well done, everybody. Thanks for coming to Cheers, oh. guys. Thank you. This couch is, the couch is bust. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.